Hello, I'm Derek Wheatley and welcome to the Weekly Wheatley Podcast. Thank you for listening, liking and subscribing to the podcast over the last um, couple of episodes. Uh, we we put out uh, one yesterday and we're recording almost instantly again because uh, we have our first guest coming over. Um, I'll let you into a kind of a little insider secret about the last podcast. I, I did record it initially and... As I was putting on the music to it, the uh, the software crashed and I had to start over again. Now, I was kind of uh, in a... I was very tired. I was sometimes between 12 and 3, it sometimes happens where uh, I get this kind of tiredness coming over. You get a bit fuzzy-headed. Um, I sometimes feel as if my tongue has swollen or something, like I'm slurring my words a little bit. So I probably should have recorded it a bit later in the day, but this the ocd in me just kind of kicked in and i said i have to do it now so i haven't listened back to the episode uh i gave the episode first to john who listened to it and he said it was good and he enjoyed it i decided right i I didn't have it in me to record it a third time so we just went with it so i hope you liked it i hope you got something from it uh we yeah so we have our first guest here today so i want to welcome the owner and uh head coach in Fusion Training Centre in Athlone, who, oh, by the way, is also our sponsor. And the first thing I want to do, it's Martin Hickey is here, by the way, and I want to make sure that the social welfare know that he is not giving me money for this podcast because they cannot come after my disability. Uh, welcome to the show, Martin. How are you today? Yeah, great. Thanks a million for having me on. No problem at all. Um, could you just give me like a short history of where you're from and... Uh, where you were born and, you know, just short. Keep it kind of concise, if you don't mind. Yeah, so, <laughs> prompt and to the point. In 1985, <laughs> Anna, so I was born in Ballinasloe and we grew up in Athlone, uh, down the Strand. When I was about nine or ten, we moved out to Le Caro. Uh I think we were living out there till I was about 19. And then my parents moved off to the Caribbean. Great spot. I was then promptly sent home to join the army <laughs> I was in the army for seven eight years I uh, went uh, twice overseas and when I came back from the second trip it just kind of like wasn't the same anymore it wasn't the crack we used to have and I knew just it was time to move on so I was kind of getting really heavily into exercise training martial arts and I fi- I kind of discovered it you know that's what I wanted my passion to be in and uh, yeah, so we kind of went ahead and opened Fusion Training Centre against everybody's advice. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but what what uh, kind of got you into the, the fitness side of things? Because I know you do uh, kickboxing and uh, jujitsu and CrossFit and things like that. What was the initial, was it the army or was it something else that got you into it? I think I was always fascinated by martial arts and it was always something I wanted to do, but I don't think it was readily available. So when we were growing up in Athlone, it was either boxing or it was karate. And I did had tried karate a couple of times, but it was just at, at the time, I think the school that I was going to kept moving around and it just didn't suit. And then we ended up out in Le Caro and there was nothing available out there then, you know. Um, so, so it was just something I always wanted to do, but it just wasn't readily available. And then when I kind of tied in with a friend of mine overseas, Aaron McGrath, we started doing some kickboxing. Then I came home, we tied in with Sid Allen, who was training jiu-jitsu and MMA, which was fascinating to us. And that's kind of, it just went from there and spiraled away, you know. Right, so here's a, a big question, because I mentioned in another podcast that, uh, in, in one of the other episodes, that uh, I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu out with you, and that was kind of the, 
my um, kind of entrance to fusion. Obviously, I'm doing a bit of CrossFit now as well. But can you, because people ask me all the time and I can't describe to them what it is. Can you do that? Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. So I suppose uh, it's it's a non-striking martial arts, which means there's nobody hitting anybody. It's um, it's a grappling art, so it's all based on like locks, takedowns, throws, using leverage against your opponent and different types of pressure. Um, it has a good collaboration of both wrestling and judo, so if you have any understanding of that, it kind of brings them all together. I suppose that's kind of like the easiest way to put it without kind of showing somebody a video. It's yeah, because the one thing about what I found about uh, jujitsu at the start, it was my friend Shane. I mentioned him before, who really got me into it and got me um, got me to phone up uh, Fusion and have a chat with you and kind of um, start in there. It it's a it's a very strange uh, martial art when you are um, when you when you're watching it. If you've never done it uh, and you're looking at it, it's a very strange thing to kind of work out because. You know, people have said to me, it just looks like two guys rolling around the floor, which it does like. And like you, you or me could could look at it now and see what someone was going for. Yeah. You know, so when I look when when I looked at it with the kind of, uh, you know, innocent kind of eyes and I saw just basically two guys rolling around the floor, I had no idea what was happening. Um, what do you uh, just from saying when you started now, obviously you're, you're a purple belt, so you're very advanced at it. But when you started out, what was it that? kind of attracted you to it once you were in when when you were on the mats I should say yeah I think like just as you said when you're watching two people do it you can be looking at it like that looks kind of easy or you know it's not doesn't look as physically demanding as it is and even yesterday we were rolling and I looked over at my heart rate monitor and it was like at 190 and I was kind of praying my my partner wouldn't look over because he'd know how, how gassed I was <laughs> so it's just so physically demanding but um I think a, a really good thing about jiu-jitsu itself is that every time you go there it's just something new and you know at the minute I've been injured the last six weeks and this is my first week back and even going back then it's kind of like you forget a lot of stuff and you're rolling and you're like you're kind of missing just little details that would make things work and and it's kind of like even reintroducing that I, I don't need to learn new stuff but I just need to remember the old stuff and the only way to do that is by applying it uh you know the great thing about jiu-jitsu is you're either able to do it or you're not so if someone says like oh I think I'm ready for my next grade then they, they have to be able to do certain things it's 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 kind of like black and white where you look at them and, and you're able to say if they're at the level or not opposed to I don't know a non- what's the word, non-live martial art mm. where they're able to do things by themselves and you're like, oh, that could work. But then in a real-life situation, then it doesn't happen. But with jiu-jitsu, you know, if you are who you say you are, you better be able to do what you should be able to do and otherwise you'll be found out very fast. You, you had asked me about what kind of what brought me to it. Mm. When we started, um, it was all MMA. Like, it was MMA I was interested in and the jiu-jitsu was just a byproduct of that. When I first began, because kickboxing, I suppose, was my first, my first love in martial arts, my whole jiu-jitsu plan was to stay kickboxing. <laughs> and then, you know, as as you kind of get deeper into it, you just start kind of falling in love with it. And it's just like every day you go, it's something new. And even though like kickboxing, is, it's it's a lot, like there's a lot less movements and stuff in it. Like it's really a lot of basic stuff, but it's the best guys are just able to do them basics so fantastically. And not that that doesn't happen in jiu-jitsu, but every time you go, like someone can just teach you something completely new and you're like, just mind blown once you get a certain level into yeah. it if, if that makes sense it does for you because you're there yeah. and you know it's it's a it's one of those things and i will say for uh, as far as my mental health going into it was it, it when i got called you there was a certain amount of i was okay i was on a kind of a, a good kind of level at that time 
and going in there into a group of people was like some of the scariest kind of thing that I could have done. Now, I, I called you up and explained the situation and, you know, we, we I got onto the mats and stuff like that. It is a hugely addictive sport. And I was talking to Calvin, one of one of our, Calvin Doyle is one of our training partners in, in Fusion. He, uh, we were talking recently and it's a thing of, with anxiety when you're, when you're rolling in jiu-jitsu, which is basically like a sparring kind of, um, I suppose it's the name for sparring, isn't it? Mm. Really rolling, yeah. yeah. So, uh, when you're rolling, you can't be anxious. Like it's impossible because if you, it, everything is right there between you and the guy you're with, uh, or the girl you're with, and it's just this, it's impossible to be uh, to be anxious. And then when you come off the mats, because you kind of got a hit of how good it is, and uh, uh, it's very for me, it's very stress free kind of situation you can bring that goodness away with you. So whether it's an after, it's great if it's a morning session, it goes through the day, but even if it's a night session, like you'll get a good night's sleep and you're up the next day and you're fresh and you know, you're, you're thinking differently than maybe you would be if you weren't doing it and you're just like in, in a kind of anxious zone, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's perfect for that. Now I, I would recommend it to most people if they had anxiety to go in and give it a shot and like, see how you get on. It's a, it's a, it's a brilliant sport to get into and, um, you know, I haven't gone into kickboxing yet. I think I did one class by accident. It was I turned up, I turned up late for the jujitsu. I ended up having to do the uh, kickboxing, which is I will say one thing. Obviously, I knew nothing about it, but it's definitely good for cardio. It's really good for cardio. We were just kicking pads that day, um, and and because I was in fusion and I was enjoying it and stuff. I was doing the uh, jiu-jitsu and I was kind of looking over at the CrossFit. Now, I had no idea what CrossFit was. So again, I'm going to put you on the spot and I'm going to get to describe what CrossFit is to people who may have never done it. Yeah, that's also a really tough one to, yeah, to describe. People often ask me, like, what is CrossFit? And I think if you looked it up on YouTube, you'd be horrified because you see all these absolute genetic monsters firing around weights left, right and centre. And we're actually trying to, like, obviously we have great CrossFit competitors in our gym, but then we're also trying to just help everyday people get fit and lose weight in, in a way that's not absolutely beating the body down every time. So uh, it, it's its actual definition is, is high intensity, functional movement, constantly varied. But that explains absolutely nothing. <laughs> that confuses people more. So we use all compound lifts, deadlifts, squats, uh, presses, you know, different gymnastic exercises and pull-ups, kettlebells, different dumbbell ones. Very few of the likes of the, of the, the usual gym exercises like curls, or anything like that or go on so it's more like compound that use up more um muscle groups and gives us the better better bang for your buck should we say but uh at, at its core everything is beginner friendly and, and that's the way we've kind of geared it towards that it's like we want to help people uh, everyday people get fitter and stronger and it, whether no matter what their training goal is it's our job to help them get there so some gyms i see is like very elitism and it kind of sends out that message and, and I hope ours is the opposite, even though we can cater for elite level athletes and we've had professional athletes in the same class as grannies at times. And, and it, because of the levels we use, we have three levels of difficulty in, in fusion training centers, scaled, intermediate, advanced, we can cater for all in the one session. And sometimes when, when you're trying to tell people that because they've never been there or they haven't seen it, I know for a fact they just don't understand it. 
but it takes coming in and seeing that for yourself for us to be able yeah. to show them because we have other PTs like this is a real common one like a lot of gym people who work in gyms don't want to train in their own gym because obviously they can't relax there and then they'd be texting me or ringing me and asking me just about kind of our our classes or whatever mm. and I, I try and sh- I explain it to them and they're like oh yeah yeah but I know for a fact they don't understand it but then if they came in for one session yeah. then they can kind of see if that makes sense because it's one of them things just like jujitsu it's it's very hard to verbally explain yeah, without yeah. showing someone a video of what goes on that's yeah. why I asked you just to kind of put yeah. you on the spot I said <laughs> I wouldn't well uh, no I, I I will say from my experience again uh, in fusion with CrossFit I, I don't know what I obviously said this to Martin at some point about doing it and Martin would have kind of uh, support, encouraged me to kind of try it and I remember sitting there on my first day and I was like even though I've been in jiu-jitsu for about a year at this point um, I was sitting there and I was so nervous again because these were people that I didn't know was the other side of the mats really so when I started there I, I, I was really kind of hard on myself when I started especially with the weights uh, and trying to get the technique technique right uh, I was really struggling with some of them not all, not all of them but like some of them I couldn't get my hips in the right position or whatever it was and I, I lasted about four months I was kind of beating myself up I was doing that the wrong thing in, in that I was looking at what other people were lifting it they might have been doing it three four years I didn't know but I was looking at what other people were lifting thinking oh, I should be able to lift that like and I should be and it was really the wrong way to go about it so when I did go back in again a couple of months ago it was definitely I changed my my um kind of view of it and basically said i lift what i can lift and that's all it needs to be um you know i can i I, i'm happy enough with the cardio it's it's probably it's probably pretty decent from the running and stuff but when i uh when i came to lift and like i was like oh god i was so nervous but now i don't even look at other people i just do it and it is great and crossfit is very hard to to describe because it is there's so many things that go on in it like sometimes i'm still looking at the the whiteboard that you write on and i can't figure out some of the initials and what the things are so there's so much and it, it's it's really cool as well and uh, you know whatever you want to get into uh, i would say either of those or all three or even mma that if if you're you know that's a different level again um because i have watched some of those lads do the wrestling drills and it's just, even watched them yesterday doing the wrestling drills in the what is it a shark tank is it called yeah we competition team trend there's a couple of people preparing and yeah it gets it gets hard very very fast yeah and they're, they're only three minute rounds as well you know, yeah 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 people are and they're like those lads are fit lads very like, fit lads. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and they're just you know at the end of it they're just like Lying on the ground. Lying on the ground. Gasping. Kill like. Yeah. But another another thing, and I did this with you, I think it was my first round of um, CrossFit, and it's to do with dieting, because I'm sure it's brought up quite a lot when people go into the gym and they are, they're they obviously doing the CrossFit or whatever they're doing, but they may want to lose some weight. What is your, because uh, I know there's some six-week programs that you've done, and I've done one and I lost five um, kg uh, during it. What is your approach to dieting when it comes to like whether it's what food people are doing, how much they should work out while they're doing it, and 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 etc. Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. Uh, it's a real tough one because uh, a six week program often means that people are going to do something for just six weeks, and everything that we do at Fusion, I really wanted it to be sustainable. So it was, it's it's kind of like six of one, half a dozen of the other, where they're nearly polar opposites, but it's what we needed to do was speak to the clients we wanted to get in and unfortunately a six-week challenge 
it's an attractive it's an attractive advertisement so so it's a good way to get people in but then immediately when i get them in there i i reframe it to you know that this is a long-term thing that the changes we were going to make over the six week i'm trying to teach people that it doesn't have that we can make good changes that will get results and that we can sustain it long term rather than absolutely bring people in and i see so many six week programs and all this stuff that it's kind of like more about the the gym or the pt getting before and after pictures and they really don't care about where you are six weeks later again and i want our program to be the opposite of that that we want you to be still moving stuff in the right direction for six weeks later after so we'll say if you wanted to lose 12 kilos and you lost i don't know four or five in the six weeks that in if i contacted you in another five weeks that you were still keeping to the same habits and that you were getting closer to losing hitting your goal I hope that makes sense because sometimes obviously people are going to come in and I'll have to really explain that you know whatever you've been doing for the last it could be years we need to change things much more slowly than what they'd be expecting Uh, and and sometimes people aren't ready to hear that message they want to lose weight immediately and then that's what's going to lead them to yo-yo and crash dieting and getting into cycles of losing weight gaining weight getting injured reverse you know and, and that's the exact wrong way to be and sometimes it's hard because I know I too I'm I'm a competitive athlete I've competed at kickboxing MMA and jiu-jitsu and so I also want immediate results but then I have to hold myself to the same standard I'm I'm now bringing to our, our members and clients you know so I like long-term sustainable changes doing things slowly I think it's the only way to get results long-term the guys that you see that are in shape all year round they're not afraid to eat what we consider to be cheap meals. They're, you know, they're having them, but they're just doing everything in moderation. They're not starving themselves. They're eating good food the majority of the time. And they, I bet they don't feel guilty when they do eat the wrong things because they know they'll get straight back on the wagon. And all of that stuff is the opposite of what nearly the fitness industry is making its money off, you know. And even another thing is a lot of people who are selling these plants are probably not in sh- are, are probably in a shape that they've got there genetically rather than something that they've been following strictly. Yeah. 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 Because there has been some amazing weight losses in that gym. Um, and to be fair, when I started doing it, I'd never uh, thought about going on a diet because everybody would kind of look at me and go, you don't need to go on a diet. But I, I would have been we set the target of a 5 kg in the six weeks and um while it's a it's a decent amount of weight it wouldn't have dramatically uh ch- it would have made me happier but it wouldn't have been dramatically changed me where everybody was kind of going you know jeez you lost a bit you know in the sense of like it's a shocking thing that i've lost so uh when i did it uh the what drove me on and this is look whatever drives people on in those kind of circumstances is great like you know it really is but what drove me on was you annoying me if I didn't do it. So I thought like, all right, I can use that as some sort of a, a, a gauge to kind of just to kind of go with them. Um, you know, if I don't lose this, I'm going to get my head wrecked by him. But if I do, it can be kind of like a little bit of a, a one upmanship for me. But that's that's just me because that's yeah. the relationship that you and I have because we, we slag each other a bit in that. So you, you did touch on something, man. Um, mm what makes a really successful nutrition program is like answerability and i do the exact same so i bring in someone and that person i don't know him as well as you know me so he doesn't we don't have that kind of banter but he'll he'll give me non 
judgmental feedback and that's yeah. my job to the client if somebody comes in and we decided we'll just for example you know maybe we shouldn't have bread next week because they were overdosing on wheat and gluten and I say look maybe we should cut that back for next week if they come in and they didn't do it it's not my job to give out it never is and and like I said the coach I bring in he doesn't give out to me either he just tells yeah. me as it is he says you need to rest more you need to cut this or do that and it's non-judgmental and that's the important thing of coaching because a lot of the time the coach can take it personal and I, I don't think I, I don't remember ever taking a personal, but I'm, I'm sure I might have at the start. And yeah. you kind of have to detach yourself from that because every single person is on their own journey. I'm probably the worst to my fiance and my mother and these things because I expect such high standards of them that I put in myself. And if I treated them like clients, they'd be getting on much better as well, yeah. you know, because it should be just small little changes gradually. The majority of people need coaching because what they do is they go from what they're eating, which might be highly processed food, eating now, oh, I'm just going to, maybe four or five times a week. And then they switch to this, the exact opposite immediately. So they're having like salads and chicken and they're like, I'm never, I'm never going to, to eat takeaway again. And yeah. they're probably cutting out 40% of their calories. And then they fall off the wagon very quickly because obviously they've created this massive deficit that they didn't have. So they're hungry. And this is not good for your head. It's nearly like, you know, if, if somebody goes to prison internally, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's like, it's, it is obviously very, very tough to do something like that, um, to lose weight. But there is a community atmosphere in the gym. And there always has been on the mats for me because it's, it was, uh, it's such a close contact sport that you can't help but really start making friends with, especially if there's a core group in there that are there like three four times a week and you you do become pally with them and the same goes for 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 the crossfit section on the floor when someone's going for a personal best i've seen people stop to see if they get it and it, it that's a really good it's a really good vibe either side of the mats you know and i just want to ask you about your you bought the gym in how long ago was it um the november of 2018 i think it was was it was it that long ago? Yeah, 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 it's over a year. It was, yeah, 2018, I think, yeah. So what's the the future plans for? This is so much, so yeah, many. Um, I suppose we've been, I, I, I just want to keep doing everything better. That's the actual plan is to be doing a, a better service of all around, uh, whether it's starting more classes at different times or, or whatever it is. Like I remember when we were doing daytime jiu-jitsu, we kind of started and stopped it a few times and a couple of times, it literally some days it'd be just you and me. Yeah. And then other times now it's like we could have 10 or 12 there. So we always kind of work off the format of like, if we build it and we're doing it right, people will just end up coming, you know, whether they knew at the time that we started it, they wanted to start jiu-jitsu or not we'll eventually people will come you know and i just want to make sure that we're doing everything that we're doing now because i always had these a big business ideas where you, and then you end up running around trying to do everything at once yeah. and i'm trying to just pick a thing and circle in on that thing whether it's now it could be crossfit and next time it might be kickboxing then it'd be jujitsu and i want to improve that to a certain level and then we'll switch to the next thing but making sure that we're doing the last thing to a high standard, you know, and we're lucky that, you know, we have great coaches, so it, it makes it easy and everybody's so open-minded to change because when I started the gym, things were being done so differently to the way we're doing them now and, and we just always want to make sure we're keeping the standards up. Like, I'd love to be, you know, doing more classes and, and 
because sometimes it's so busy some jujitsu class we could have 30 people there so yeah. when something like that happens we know we need more we need more classes so we can facilitate more people so but i i always just want to make sure that whatever we do just like in the diet it's all sustainable and we don't rush it because too many changes together will just lead to something not being done right mm. you know so that probably answered absolutely nothing but that's no the no plan. <laughs> no but that's yeah that because you want to do everything the best yeah. you can and obviously if you're if you're over stretching and I know that you're especially when you have things going on like uh, like the diet plans and stuff you, you know you have that they have that outlet of you all the time so they can contact you the, you whether the message or whatever uh, way they go about it you have that and then you might have like the kickboxing um, or MMA or the jiu-jitsu events on the weekends you have to go travel to that so it's a lot of, of it's a lot of um, pressure and it's a lot of things going on but at the same time you're trying to do the best to your abilities and that's what is the most important thing so um and i suppose i just want to before we close out on 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 the the fusion side of things i just want to say like when i when i was given the uh when you you asked me about the coaching to for the kids like and like you won't have kind of noticed it but when i when i left you you asked me whenever it was it's a good while ago now isn't it it's could be like a year and a half maybe something around that yeah around that and like I, you you probably wouldn't have, have known but i was like so thrilled because it was kind of everything like it's just, it's like this podcast like any different project that will take me out of myself for a little while is just an amazing thing you know so uh i'm not gonna thank you too much for it because i don't <laughs> get a big head but uh no it was really good but uh i suppose we better hear from our sponsors that we've been talking about for the last half hour Fusion Training Centre, Monksland Athlone, a place to train in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, kickboxing, martial arts and CrossFit. A great atmosphere with experienced coaches and a real sense of community. If you want to join the team, find us on Facebook at Fusion Training Centre or drop in for a chat. Fusion Training Centre, train like a warrior. I'm going to point out at the end of that ad there, warrior, right? I pronounced it correctly there, but my mother told me yesterday that I was saying train like a warrior. <laughs> So, it, but it's quite fitting because, like, a lot of the time I do train like a warrior. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, so it works both <laughs> ways. She said that it works both ways, so it's, it actually does. Um, right, so I actually wanted to talk to you about, because obviously this podcast is about mental health. Yep. Um, when did you become aware of, of your mental health, be it good or bad? Um, I don't actually know the exact time, but... As I was only thinking about because I had a, obviously had a feeling you were going to be asking me about this kind of stuff. So I think like when I was playing football years ago, I remember getting really nervous. And I remember like I would like be like pure tunnel vision out on the football pitch and I'd be just kicking the ball all over the place and everything. And and uh, I can't explain it. And then some days you'd have good days and other days I'd probably be nearly having, I don't know, I'm not going to say I was having a panic attack, but yeah. I was having a serious anxiety out on the pitch like for probably absolutely no reason. So I knew then that that something wasn't right you know but then I suppose the main one is uh, after I got a concussion that was kind of like the first one where I started to experience yeah. uh, really bad anxiety and, and 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 noticeably that something wasn't right where you were kind of like you were first you were getting anxious and then you were kind of like oh wait a second this isn't normal something's not right and it would actually be the anxiety that would tell me I have the concussion and not the other way yeah. other way around so yeah so that's probably I don't know Three years ago, I don't think I had the concussion when when you were there. How long are you training? No, I, I think it was just before. Two, that. I'm two and a half years yeah. there. So. so I was probably only coming back right then. Um, I think it was probably it uh, sometime in year three, but I had three concussions over three years, all probably Jeez. due to overwork and 
I'm not saying it wasn't from getting bangs in the head obviously yeah. I was getting bangs in the head but I would be kind of like killing myself for training camps for fights and training too hard not sleeping enough drinking coffee to train late not sleep and recover and I suppose that's the reason I'm trying to preach that to the lads now just about technical sparring and making sure they're recovering mm-hmm. right but when see because Kieran is my coach but when I'm in Athlone I'm coaching myself you know that yeah. kind of way so he doesn't see me to turn around and say Martin just have a rest there yeah. so and I always I kind of apply the same thing that I do with uh, my training to my, my professional life and all the other stuff that I always want to be the hardest worker and I always so I push myself probably a bit too hard and some days I just need someone to turn around and say listen go to bed or go home yeah. forget the training uh, and so there was many days I know that I shouldn't have been sparring or taking bangs because I was in Athlone not somewhere else where I needed someone just to say, listen, you take a rest yeah. today, you know. So. And what did you, when you had your, you had one particularly bad concussion, and when you had that concussion, there was there were symptoms of anxiety that came with it, obviously, like you were saying. Like, did it, how did that affect your life, though, in general? Like, aside from the, kind of aside from the training, because obviously you were not supposed to train when you have something like that. But aside from that, in your day-to-day stuff. Yeah, Um. so... I'd nearly like if you want to really simplify it it's like having a, a permanent hangover you know like where you're just craving shit food all the time and you don't really want to do anything Yeah. so I was literally going from taking classes in the gym I was just like a really obviously that's my business that's what I need to keep going and that was hard because I knew I probably needed some more rest and less stress and I don't know if there's any self-employed people but it can be very stressful at the time mm. uh, you know going through certain stuff and all the stuff that you might have going on so it can be stressful as it is and then when you have the concussion on top of that it it was it was just like to a next level and because I was stressed at the start I don't I feel like so because I had had three concussions in three years mm. the first two were like you know after ninety days I was better so when it happened that I got the third one I was just like should I just eat shite now for ninety days <laughs> and then I'll just get back in shape like yeah. I always do and about ninety or days or maybe a little bit over that I realised uh, I'm not getting better yeah. And I, I think a lot of it was down to stress because I remember one of the first times it was actually the first concussion I got. It was just got an accidental bang in the gym. And I didn't know I was concussed for about a week and a half after that. And I was acting like a crazy person. I just lost the plot over absolutely nothing. I was like, what's wrong with me? And then I fell asleep during the day for like seven hours. And wow. then I was like, that's a very long sleep to be having in the day. And like all that stuff is kind of like a, a sign of concussion. So that was kind of like my first concussion and then after that I was kind of kind of a bit more copped on about it but on the third one specifically it was just very busy with the gym and we had so much other stuff going on that I just wasn't getting the chance to recover so about 120 to 150 days in I realised you're still concussed here I had tried to do the return to play protocol about 40 times which is like you know go for a walk feel alright you go to the next part and so on and so forth and it just wasn't happening and at a certain, I had had good days and bad days at the start and I was 100% concussed there's no doubt about having a concussion but I just wondered why I wasn't getting better so there's like a little bit of a story to it and uh, a friend of mine you may have him on the podcast sometimes Ronan Brady is his name he's, yeah. a, he's a performing gymnast oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he, you would have met, met him in the gym a good few times he said to me that there was a guy in Canada who was working with a lot of uh, ice hockey players and if you're familiar with it, you'll probably know that that's really common for them guys to be getting concussions. It's basically American football on ice and they're killing each other. So I remember at the time, I was, I was like, I really wanted a new car. And it was the decision of whether I'm going to go pay for to fly to Canada and get the treatment or am I going to buy this new car? And I was like, 
I better get the fucking treatment because if I don't get the treatment what's the point in having a nice car because I couldn't train or anything yeah. so it was it was a very stressful time so we went to Canada we got the treatment and the guy did a lot of tests and he was it was funny because he was checking out a lot, all mad stuff like the first day was just all tests and he was like looking at my jaw and he seen that was out of line he was asking me did something happen here and I can even remember the, the punch I got uh, from behind it was in the bottom position it's called turtle if you're familiar with jiu-jitsu and I got a punch where I didn't see it coming and it nearly disconnected my jaw from my skull but it was funny that he was able to point out and that had happened two or three years previous like so it was funny that he was able to see all this stuff and he did all the treatment and stuff like that and he figured out that I had something going on with my stomach and um, basically it turned out I had a parasite all for we yeah. don't know the length of time but I had been when when he said it to me he said do you, do you, had you been abroad had you been to any countries and about a year previous I was after being in Thailand and I'm and I remember getting really sick over there so that might be when I picked up the parasite so and the, the symptoms from the parasite are actually the exact same as the concussion which is like headaches tired confusion um, anxiety so had I not been there I could have went around f- went to Canada and got that treatment I might have like it could have been a long time trying to figure out what was actually wrong mm. with me because at one stage with the concussion I went to the doctor and I was just kind of explaining it all to him and he was like well do you want antidepressants I was like I'm not depressed I'm concussed like you know and he was de- he was genuinely trying to help me yeah. because he knew how stressed I was by it all but I knew that if I went down that road I could be doing that for a long time when I was trying to figure out something else so when I came back, we started treatment on the parasite and I cleared all that out or whatever, but without going into too much information. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but basically that was what was actually wrong. So it was kind of like there was nothing I could have done and, and maybe I would have got better in 90 days. But at some point, probably because of all the crap food I was eating, was actually feeding the parasite better, if you know what I mean. So Yeah, like, you know, the, we, we talk about anxiety with, with Beth and it happens from so many different things. But... When I was going through my worst, uh, you know, anxious phase and and what what my my worst kind of depression, I had no responsibilities. So, for you, it was a completely different situation because you had the gym, uh, and then all of the things that went along with the gym. And other people have, you know, they've got kids, and I want to talk to people who have kids and who have to deal with anxiety and uh, depression every day. And you know, it's kind of, it's worth noting that there, anxiety is anxiety. Regardless, you know whether you have it, whether you have respons- responsibilities or not. But obviously, what uh, what's going on in your life is going to have a knock on effect, like a, kind of a domino thing for it. Um, this this kind of the the next thing I want to just kind of touch on was uh, it, it goes back into the gym, but it's really about my um, my experience of our you know how I called you up, but how you deal with people when they call you up and and they tell you they have they have anxiety depression they're bipolar whatever because when i talk to you in, in crossfit and i have a slight problem with my back at the moment you can say to me well don't do this you know do deadlifts do whatever it is to kind of um you know stay away from that area do you treat do you, like is there a way that you go about when people present those problems do you try to treat them exactly the same or you know is there a way that you go about it so I think uh, it's a really good question, but uh, I think um, uh, haven't had anxiety. I think when it comes to people and adults, especially when it comes to just joining a new gym or entering a new environment, I think everybody nearly gets anxiety, you know, and if it's the people who don't, who I'd actually worry about because yeah. people are nervous about coming in. And if they looked up, 
CrossFit or Jiu-Jitsu or kickboxing or they even went to a different gym and maybe they were doing things a lot different where they weren't being so beginner friendly to people I think that that would heighten their anxiety you know someone went to the uh, kickboxing gym or you see these horror videos where the coach is literally just punching people yeah. in the face and then they're like I'd like to learn that but so we always just try and explain if it's Jiu-Jitsu and kickboxing like you're here to learn you're not going to be live rolling or drilling or punching with people on your first day or anytime soon really and then then they can kind of start to get less nervous because when they come in at the start you know they're nervous and they're looking at people and then they're thinking are they sizing me up or am I being sized up you know and that's normal and some I suppose haven't trained in MMA gyms all over the world sometimes that's normal but in the best places that doesn't happen yeah. people come in and shake your hands like trying to introduce themselves I went to Roger Gracie's over in uh, London that time and it was exactly like that and then sure like someone from Ireland knew somebody I know because the jiu-jitsu scene is not that big and yeah. you know I go to my coach's place in Tullamore and even though I'm probably one of his longest he's my coach as long as nearly anybody uh, some of the younger members probably wouldn't know me but they're all really friendly to me or whatever yeah. you know because that's it comes down from the top to the people yeah but uh, something that you talked about in previous podcasts there that I think if anybody's suffering from anxiety it will definitely work is the CBT, you know, because mm. it was the same for me when I was returning. My missus was kind of like to me, like, you're ready to start. And I was like, I don't know if I am. And, yeah. you know, and I think just trying stuff and, and like whether it's going for a walk and yeah. it started off like that and even just going for a walk. I'm We had a, me, I was living with a friend of mine, uh, Kieran McNally, he's a therapist in Athlone. And we, he had a dog in the house and like the dog was nearly like my comfort thing, you know, me, every time I go home, the dog would be there waiting for me and the yeah. dog would just lie on me. He's like nearly as if the dog knew I wasn't feeling good yeah. and the dog just hang out with me. And we used to bring the dogs for a walk and start off as that. And I started looking to do other things that might help. And it was just like, if anybody said, what was the thing that actually fixed your concussion or your anxiety? And I'd have to say it was just not giving up, you know, that kind yeah. of a. I could have easily just went back to watching six seasons of whatever program was on, yeah. which I would probably watch more TV episodes in that nine months than anything else. But it's like not giving up on yourself and being all right to have good days and bad days and then wake up the next day and go for it again, you know, yeah. that kind of way. And I think if not just anxiety, if, we, if you really just break back down to life and it's like the same with nutrition, it's the same with exercise, it's the same with everything. We're often too tough on ourselves. It's just like wake up tomorrow and just try and be a little bit better and mm. get back on the horse rather than thinking... Uh, today wasn't good now I failed you know that kind yeah. of way you know so uh, well, like you say you know it comes from it does come from the top in the sense like I, I spoke about it in the last um, episode just just about you know join, joining the gym and stuff and th it was the personal touch that brought me back um, after the first one because I, I went in uh, and as I said I wasn't training that day but I was sitting there watching and it was keen to came over and start chatting to me um, and then when the, there was rolling on you started chatting to me that does that makes a hell of a difference for people because if they feel kind of if they go in there they they feel a bit disconnected from people if they if they're especially if they're on their own they haven't had a chat they're watching a, a sport that they know nothing about like you know they're just watching people rolling around and they don't understand what it is like it might it might be something where they'll just kind of come and go maybe you two or three classes and then look I'll, I'll leave you know it's not for me but i do think that the the personal touch in there was you know helpful towards my um kind of recovery in my journey and i would say i well i have no doubt it's the same for the crossfitters because as i know you're one of the coaches and you know james and katrina are in there as well and there is a really nice atmosphere in there so it's you know it's a nice place to train like you know it's been there uh, two and a half years it's not it's not the worst, not the worst. <laughs> listen uh i was going to finish out if you had any questions for me but to be honest that's kind of putting you on the spot and i don't really want to do that to you do i have any questions for you uh you've probably asked me all the questions you needed to 
I don't know if I've asked you anything online here. I didn't actually prepare anything. I was. That's what I mean. I, I didn't, didn't want to spring it, it on you. I suppose. Um, what are you looking forward to next in your jiu-jitsu journey? Because you know you have some good stuff coming up. Yeah. I suppose your next thing is to be going for your blue belt and that. Yeah. I mean, the quality in there now is is amazing. You know, like it's always been really good. There's always been when I went in there, there was high level. There was, but there's a few blue belts in there now, and there's even you know a few more. There's a handful of. Uh, blue white belts um going for their blue belts soon so the quality is, is is unbelievable and we've got a we've got a we've got a brown belt and david we've got how many purple belts three two at the minute myself and keen isn't it jake as well oh yeah so three jake. three purple and there's I'll gonna be, be yeah <laughs> there's gonna be loads of blue belts so the quality is is amazing i enjoy uh training you know i do five a week at, on a good week i do five sessions and that's it's it's amazing it's brilliant um what I also like about it, everybody's cool in there, you know, you do get great roles and, and uh, things like that, but everybody wants to help people along. There's always like some choke that someone does to you and you're like, what? The? You know, you have no idea. You can't really connect to what it was and they'll show you things like that. Um, the, 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 yeah, the, just as that core group, like I spoke to earlier on, it's just, it, they're a good group of people. I like being around them. Like, and I made some very good friends. Like, and I suppose when I was going in there, I had kind of lost so many along the way in the sense that this is not speaking ill of them, but at the start of, you know, 10 years ago when depression wasn't really even, even then wasn't talked about as much or anxiety. So I didn't know what to say to them. They didn't know what to say to me and just kind of drifted. So when I went into fusion, like I didn't expect to make so many friends in there, you know, and that, that's, that's brilliant. But to be learning a skill like jujitsu and to be, part of that kind of community and you know the day i get the blue belts it'll be just like you know it'll be pretty it's it's great anyway and i know some people say it doesn't matter about belts and you know it probably doesn't but at the same time it, you've worked very very hard to get to it like you know i, I think because i have a black belt in kickboxing as well like yeah it's like every belt is like at that time is it's the most i don't know it sounds weird but it's the most important thing in yeah. the world like you know because yeah, yeah. you know what went into it and people can be kind of like that's not a big deal a lot of if anybody earned a belt, they'll mm. understand. And the people who say that's not a big deal, like if they earned a degree or something like that, and and sometimes you're sure. Look, your jujitsu blue belt can take longer than a degree. Yeah, you know, yeah. you can get a degree in what two years is it for a lower, and then three years for a higher degree or whatever. So it's like it can take just as long as yeah. that. And you touch on it there, but there's a bunch like there's about five or six of you guys coming through now together, and it's just absolute yeah. monsters. Like if I I was rolling with one of them there the other day. And, I was wrecked at the end and I couldn't see the clock and I ended up, I knew he was going to go for it, but he went for a triangle. He didn't have it super tight, but I just knew if I just fell asleep, <laughs> if I made one mistake, he was going to get me like, you know, but uh, it's great because obviously there's no easy roles then as well, but yeah. it's, it's just great to see that the progression is there and that there's so many of you guys coming through together and, and, and like you said, there's a really good camaraderie with everybody in there, you yeah. know. I suppose I do have another question for you. I think like the last while you were saying just like about your mental health, but I see such positivity in you mm. and the changes and all that. Um, what would you put that down to? Yeah, uh, actually someone said it to me there um, yesterday in the gym and now I can't and I'm really sorry to that person, but they did they did come up to me and said, and sa I think it was actually, sorry, it was Jonathan, Jonathan Sweeney said it to me, you know, you, that I don't seem, and it is one of those things where you don't seem like that kind of, person and that's to me that's a massive compliment because then it's a it's a testament to what i'm like when i'm in the gym you know and that, that i'm in good form and good mood now i would definitely put it down to 
I would put it down to the support I have from my mother for a start because she's always there to chat to me whenever I need her. My father, if I go into town and have lunch with him, um, you know, uh, yourself, Josh, John, you know, there's a group. But it's keeping healthy. Like like I said, I talk about running and I'll probably never stop talking about running. Uh, you know, uh, obviously jiu-jitsu and I, and I do other pieces. But I, I do think over the last two years in particular, where it would be more to the gym because it's such a consistent thing in my life. Um, whereas I still avoid places and things and people, um, I, I very rarely miss a session in the gym, like, unless I have to, obviously have to do something else. I, it's a long time since I've been sitting at home and just feeling anxiety and decided I'm not going to go to the gym tonight, you know? So, and for that, like, that's, that's class, you know? So, like I said, there's, that has lifted my mood, uh, the, just the, uh, the crack we have in there as well, like, because I'm in there a lot, like, you know, the pe- people won't know, but I go in like on a Monday at 10 o'clock and I do my CrossFit and whatever. And then we slag each other for about an hour from 11 to 12 <laughs> and then we do jiu-jitsu. And then I, I go get lunch and I come back for the kids' classes. But they're, they're, that's a great day for me. Like yeah, It's it just, is. and I'm hanging around the kids, I do the kids' classes and then my class again at seven. And when I get home, like I'm obviously shattered, completely shattered, but it's a good kind of shattered. Yeah. And I don't know where else I could, could, could get that from, you know? And it's not just... The physical tiredness like it's just the fact that you got through a day and it's kind of um it was a good day you know it wasn't like an ang- you're not like, i think if you're sitting at home i i do find that in particular uh like i said about jiu-jitsu earlier when you're rolling you can't be anxious you know you don't have time to be but when but also when you're with good people and you're with people you want to spend time with you can't really be anxious either you know and if you are and this is the main thing about this podcast most of those people in there know about my my history because I did the blog or you know I talk about it a lot. If people who are struggling out there, if they find people to talk to, that'll make it so much easier for them. Because to me, if I just feel a bit a bit down or a bit anxious, like I'll just say it to you. I'll say it to Josh, whoever it is around me, and uh, you probably be able to rationalize it for me. You know the way I wouldn't say because it's such an irrational thing like anxiety. Yeah, you know yeah. it's not, and so and look, so is depression, and and particular something like bipolar where you have those ups and downs and that are very uncomfortable in that. But someone could turn around to you and say in three sentences something that you couldn't have found anywhere, like in your head, you know. But you can often be your own worst critic or mm, whatever. Yeah, and for sure, like you yeah. said, I'm sure I get anxiety about certain things or whatever, and um, that's just are totally irrational, or, you know. But it's, yeah. when you're in the tunnel, it's very, oh, yeah. it's very hard to see that. Yeah, but you like all like say you're bipolar and that like I never noticed it anymore that's what I mean like yeah, yeah, I never yeah. you know at the start I would have you'd be 10 now I'm high and you know mm. that kind of uh, and and you could see the differences but now you seem to manage it a lot better yeah I think I managed it better do you know uh, uh, again it's another thing I talked about with therapy and stuff therapy is, is great like and CBT is the best one and I said it in one of the shows uh, it's the best one that I've done because it does find you a route out of these things so it'll, it'll, it'll lead you down separate paths It'll give you, um, in your mind, you will go completely different ways than the dark places that you were going in the first place. Um, so you do find, I do find now that, you know, obviously the medication I'm on is helping, but I, I do believe that it's it's more to do with, with what I'm doing with my life at the moment. Actions. You know? Actions. And like uh, like this, this, for instance, was something that I 
came out with a couple of months ago. I was like, I'll I'll do a podcast, and it, it's just something people can say. Like it's like you just say, oh, I'll go on a diet, but then you're not going to go on a diet. Yeah. But I was like, I'll do it, and I told a couple of people, and I I kind of sometimes do that when I tell people I do something. I kind of feel if I don't do it now, they're going to slag me. Yeah. <laughs> it's something like so. But you can all like you. I think we overthink about things. Like, yeah. Because. I don't know, someone might have said something to you when you were younger, like, who are you to do this or that? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. This is definitely a way for you to give back to other people. And you know, I think I'm so, sure since so. you started, people have messaging about your journey and asking you questions about stuff that you get to give something back. And when I was concussed and I was kind of nearly just at the end of it, I was coming out the other end, I was ready to change. I remember I watched the, the Russell Brandt um, oh, yeah. podcast with Joe Rogan and he just said something about, you know, like our actual function here is to help each other and, and make everyday life just a little bit less shitty. Mm. And if you're doing that every day, you're like, it's mission accomplished. And I think that this is one of the ways for you to do that now. I yeah. know your man Russell Brandt's a bit of a headcast, but I <laughs> like that podcast specifically. Yeah. And I, funnily enough, I didn't, I hadn't liked him beforehand. I was, I was just like, he's that space where he used to be on MTV. TV. But after I watched that, I was like, "Oh, he's actually a pretty cool, dude." Now, but yeah, I like I, that's that's one other thing. Like, there are people out there that you t- that will come out with little nuggets, and it might be the the person you least expect, you yeah. know. And like Russell Brand would be one of those people where I'd be like, "That's the guy who got fired off MTV for dressing as a Sam of Bin Laden or something like." You know, wasn't it? He did it like he the did. day after yeah, or something yeah, yeah. after nine eleven. But yeah, but that doesn't mean he's not like a you know an intelligent person or like emotionally connected with. But. Like obviously something was wrong with him, and yeah, yeah. maybe it was either heroin and things. Yeah, like he was that, taking yeah. the drugs to get away from what was wrong, or, yeah. or vice versa. But either way, that this is how he's now made it better for himself, and that he can go out and help other people. So it's pretty cool, and it's. I think more and more people are kind of like, if we said earlier, or like I don't know, when you were in school, you're saying mm. I'm gonna have a podcast about mental health. People would have thought you were bonkers. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but it's now it's it's a talked about thing, and it's it's much better. And, and like I think everybody gets anxiety at every level, you know, and it's just like now it's becoming a lot more normal. And the more people talk about it, and even just yourself talking about your journey and then how the stuff that giving people like a route to say, this is what worked for me. And, and I'm, I'm giving people a platform to come on and say maybe what worked for them or maybe they're still in the tunnel some, somewhat, yeah. you know what I mean? So I think that's amazing. I think the the blog was massive because uh, it was one of those things like when I did the first episode of this, I just started talking about whatever it was now i had spoken to people before about it so it was easy for me it was just like i was just relaying a story to someone else it is hardest thing to open at the start to open up at the start but when i started doing the blog it was like uh the first one was kind of punishing you know for people to read who knew me because it was brutal you know brutally honest i suppose but the reward that came from that was people coming back to me or sending me a message saying you know you know, well done, or or I felt like that, or you know, sometimes I get anxiety, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? Like, because it's not. This isn't. Um, I'm not here to to uh, to make money, or or you know, um, you know, whatever it is. It's not. A, it's just to kind of talk about mental health, get it out there, and see, you know, see if if some people will listen and uh, even relay it to somebody who may may be struggling. You know, because we all know people who are in, like you say, it's still in the tunnel, or you feel that they may be heading towards it with the way they're they're going about their things, you know, whether mm. it's like oh, drinking too much, you know, whether taking drugs, whatever it is. It's yeah, not. But it's every year you kind of hear just some one person maybe that you didn't expect or yeah. I think it's been at least three people that I was overseas with. I remember I shared a room with a guy who's from up the north and I found out only last year that he passed away two years previous that he committed suicide and I was just like, yeah. Wow, you would never thought that guy. Yeah. He was like a real busy guy overseas and he was one of them people who always make you laugh and he was really positive. 
And I can think of a bunch of people like that. So it's like, if only they had someone to talk yeah. to or knew that it was okay to talk to other people, you know, that stigma that's attached to it, you know, because other, you know, some people would have been like, oh, you can't. I know it's like in the army, it's it's a real stigma thing. Mm. People are like, oh, you better not tell the doctor you have, you're out with stress or whatever because yeah. this, that and other. But like, I think that that's one of the worst jobs for stress and, and morale and mm. people need to talk in there. And I, I really wish that something would be done about it, you know. Yeah, like that is a shame because it, um, there is that uh, you know a lot of males um, commit suicide and uh, you know there there has to be a part of it to do with the ego and the, the kind of idea that we have to all be macho and you know not uh, not show any signs of weaknesses to the other to the, the people of our own sex or whatever and I, I do think that women are better at talking about those things they're more honest with their friends and they're more open so yeah to get men to kind of come out and talk a bit more like you know not you're not like it's it's nothing to do with being macho like it's got absolutely nothing to do with it because it's it can it like we uh touched on like it can affect anyone like oh definitely know. i think because we often look at somebody who may have success in a certain way whether it's sport or money or business or their you know whatever it is and you look at that person you're like jesus michael's life is perfect over yeah. there i bet you michael's not sitting at home worried about yeah, all yeah, the yeah. same thing you put yourself in michael's shoes michael is all the same worries as you and sometimes even more yeah you know because maybe he's under more pressure in his job or more or is something's going on with his kids or thing but we all have it but it's always everybody looks at the other person thinking like oh that person's life is perfect or so on yeah. and so forth i know like even like you, you think about all the famous people and things, yeah, and yeah you have the likes of heat ledger and yeah. you know what i mean so it's often are we are we the unlucky or the lucky ones yeah. you know because i think once you're waking up every day doing something you love and actually enjoying what you do i think that that's the biggest thing in life because everyone can get obsessed about whether it's a job they think they want or money they think they need to be making that just takes away from their standard of life yeah you know? i think the thing about famous people as well like it's great you know, if they are very honest about their mental health and because people do look up to them, especially young people. And I certainly did. I still do like Joaquin Phoenix, for instance. He's my hero. Who is he? You know who he is. But <laughs> but it's like if someone comes out and says that they're they're anxious or they're having problems, in, you know, with uh, depression, whatever it is, like, don't be one of those people who turns around and says, oh, here we go. Like, he's got loads of money. What's he depressed about? irrelevant what he has absolutely irrelevant and there is that kind of thing there is that sense of like how could they possibly be how could they possibly feel that way with what they've got it's 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 that doesn't make any sense yeah, but i think it's more evident even now that it is anxiety and depression yeah. they're under like look at all of them like they all are going off getting plastic surgery because of the pressure yeah, they're under yeah. none of them are getting old like looking good or anything like that and if you ask me like no if you're off getting plastic surgery 24 like you know a couple of times a year you couldn't possibly be happy no you're you obviously have a massive yeah. complex about whether it's getting old or your nose or whatever all these other things is you know like so I don't know like I think it's evident that from what you're looking at that they all suffer from anxiety on some mm. level I think what was your one Jennifer Aniston now yeah. looks completely different than Renée Zellweger was another, you know, and, and that's, even the the film with Renée Zellweger when I was talking about yeah, Judy Garland. That's right, yeah. See, like that she was one of the most famous people in the world at the time, and she was actually just crippled with drug addiction yeah. from a young age, you know. So it's not the chalice we think it is; it's nearly the exact opposite. Yeah, I I don't think it could be because of the the like anxiety in particular. I can't imagine what it's like to be in those uh, in the limelight all that time. People chasing after your cars, and you know, it's it's absolutely why anybody would want that kind of life. To me, it's it seems or, like a lot of pressure. Or your bicycle. 
God, yeah. Do you remember that day? <laughs> they were all coming after me like <laughs> <laughs> at least I was like, Ah, look, I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna slag John now about not cycling his bike, but you know. Um but yeah, so th- like I suppose we can wrap it up. Yeah. That's if brilliant. that's all right with you. That yeah. was a very good chat though. I really enjoyed it. Um it went uh, better than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> thanks no, a million no, for having me. Oh, no, you're welcome. It was really good. Um so I yeah, obviously thanks to Martin, first guest. And to be honest, I'm I'm glad like w- yourself josh is coming up next that's a spoiler but it's it's so nice to have people that i can just relax with because obviously i've never done this before talking into the mic on my own was was one thing but chatting to face to face with someone and asking questions was was difficult so thanks very much for that and thanks for your for your patience as well no problem <laughs> thank you very much to uh thank you very much to john my part my partner in crime um obviously i'm going to say this every episode thanks to jer my mother my father and my grandfather um you can Keep up to date with us. Uh, our YouTube channel is The Weekly Wheatley. Um, same goes for Facebook, The Weekly Wheatley. On Twitter, it's hashtag Wheatley underscore the. Uh, Instagram is at Wheatley the Weekly, so it's the other way around. And the podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, Breaker, Podbean, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Overcast. There's loads of them there anyway. But uh, you can, if you go on to Anchor, um, you can find all the ones that you will uh, that it'll be on. Um, listen, uh, thanks again to Martin. Thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you uh, in the next episode. Bye.